The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hempresent Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event the seattle hemp fest in its 27th year found at hempfest.org i'm also the author of the book protestable a 20-year retrospective of seattle hemp fest from aha publishing also found at hempfest.org today's guest on hemp present is the creator and owner of toronto's hot box cafe abby roach who will join me in about one minute well it finally happened cannabis was legalized in several states and people are free to enjoy ganja without reefer madness the overbearing regulatory bullshit is gone, and we can now treat it just like it's weed. Wait, that's not what's happened? Could it be then that what is happening is the commodification of cannabis, the retail commercialization of cannabis on the supply end, but in some ways not all that much is different on the demand and consumption end? Restrictions that prevent adults from consuming legal cannabis in the same spaces that others can imbibe alcohol or tobacco – are, in my opinion, the antithesis of legalization. If you ask me, social consumption restrictions are an extension of reefer madness. These prohibitionist manifestations are a remaining mechanism of the shaming of the cannabis culture, and they constitute prohibition light. These prejudice policies are a surviving remnant of the second-class citizenship of the marginalization of cannabis users by popular mainstream society that's been for decades generated by prohibition. If you want to make the money, give us the honey, and that honey is equality. In most states, if an adult is a tourist, is homeless, lives in subsidized housing, or in some cases is a renter, that person can legally purchase cannabis, but there's nowhere they can legally imbibe it. And while this current status of commodification is definitely an improvement upon where we were before, it is something less than equality. And it is and always has been freedom of choice and equality that the cannabis liberation movement seeks 
freedom of choice and equality. As states and municipalities move to reform local cannabis laws, the community must demand consumption equality with tobacco and alcohol users. It's a human right to live free from oppression and persecution over victimless offenses that should not be labeled as crimes in the first place. Somebody who knows a lot about consumption because she is known for operating a high-profile consumption lounge is Abby Roach of the Hot Box Cafe in Toronto, Canada, who's been kind enough to talk with me today. Welcome, Abby, to Cannabis Radio. Oh, thank you for having me. You just summed up everything I was going to say in like a minute. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can eke some more out of you. You run a business in Toronto called the Hot Box Cafe. What takes place at the Hot Box Cafe and how long has it been operating? Yeah, so the Hot Box is the longest running lounge in North America. We've been operating since 2003. Uh, we were open as a store before and we are a BYOP, so it's bring your own. Uh, establishment so you can get refreshments and snacks and whatever else not and we pretty much create an environment where you don't feel ostracized or shamed and now I think you know after 15 years almost that principle has changed but when we first opened that was the idea is that smoking a joint it should be as normal as having a cup of coffee right so now we've uh, 15 years later, now it's just a normal thing to do, and we've literally become a part of the fabric of Toronto. Now, let me just, I'm just going to take a guess. You haven't had a lot of fights <laughs> at, your, at your establishment. <laughs> uh, uh, no, not many. I was, I was like, political fights a few, but fist fights, <laughs> I, we've never had one. Uh, you know, the, the biggest issue that we have is usually with drunk people at night, so we close a little earlier and we cater to the pre-bar crowd so we close it around 10 11 most nights and that way we don't get a lot of the drunks going uh, from one bar to the next right but that's uh, alcohol is far more of a, a violence trigger than cannabis will ever be Abby, I have a friend in Quebec who says Ontario has had stores that sell cannabis without the need of a prescription for more than a year uh, even though she lives in Quebec, she goes into Ontario and buys what she considers high-quality herb for as low as $6 a gram. Other than the mm -hmm. Hotbox Cafe, is that accurate, first of all? And other than the Hotbox Cafe, where can people imbibe in Toronto? What's the scene like? Okay, so in Canada, there are dispensaries that are illegal dispensaries. Um, in Canada, it's only actually legal to buy your cannabis uh, with a medical prescription from a licensed producer, so a legal producer, and that would come in the mail through Canada Post. So all dispensaries are actually illegal, but there are tons of them operating in every major urban center around Canada. Um, sometimes they get raided, sometimes they don't. Um, people just do what they do because they, they believe in what they do, and that's really important. And uh, a lot of the, the Native reservations have uh, sort of allowed um, cannabis culture to come in and a lot of them will have uh, I was just at one a little while ago that had 50 dispensaries on one road it was wild I loved it I was like this is so oh. great <laughs> this nice. is your freedom but uh, yeah in Toronto we have seven vapor lounges that have opened up since I opened up the first one followed me in 2005 and then a few more have opened up since so there are places to consume um, the city is is pretty good with us they don't they're not really interested in shutting us down uh, the the biggest argument is over the smoke so what we're trying to to 
convert into is more vaporization. Um, and hopefully next year when uh, edibles and vape pens come into play, we can get our permits because the smoke won't be such a battle. But the scene in, ca- in Canada is awesome. There's, a, you know, cannabis is a huge part of Canadians' lives. I, I think the, the statistic is about 30% of Canadians consume cannabis on a regular basis, so at least once a week. And, uh, you know, the last 20 years that I've been in business, I've definitely seen a massive shift from people being afraid to come in to just buy a pack of rolling papers to now just proudly being cannabis consumers. While we're speaking today, sweeping changes are taking place in Canada uh, cannabis mm-hmm. is arguably in the process of being legalized. You have termed the provincial system doomed to fail. What is the provincial system <laughs> and and why is it unsatisfactory? So in Canada, we have provinces. They're I'm sort of like states, but they're not so independent, but they are. Um, so the province that we're in is called Ontario. And uh, the, the government that was in just got ousted actually uh, two nights ago completely. They, they went from being a majority government down to seven seats. So they're, they're done. They're finished. They're not even official party. And uh, what they put into place was that the, the government would control the di- completely control the distribution of uh, cannabis in Ontario through the liquor board. Right. So the, the in, in can't like in Ontario, you can't just go to the store and buy um, alcohol. You have to go to a government controlled store called the LCDO and purchase your alcohol. So their argument was that the, the uh, you know, the alcohol uh, the alcohol stores would know how to best treat cannabis, which is complete nonsense. 80% of Ontarians are alcoholics, essentially. They shop at the alcohol store more than twice a week, right? So, you know, once you've put a crown corporation, there's a, there's really no checks and balances because the government just wants to make money, right? Whereas a private retailer has to abide by certain rules, and if they don't abide by that rule, they lose their license, right? So you can put a, you know a lot more checks and balances on private retail so what has happened now is that our our government in Ontario has completely switched so now we've gone to a conservative uh, government from a liberal one and uh, I'm mm. hoping that they will be more inclined to uh, to be in in favor of private retail as opposed to the liberals who just wanted to pocket all the money. Uh, the PCs are far more in favor of private retail uh, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to all kinds of things. They just want, they're kind of like Republicans. They're like, we don't want the government dealing with all these piddly little things. We just want to run the province, right? So they weren't my vote, but that's the way it is. You get what you get, <laughs> and we have to live with it. But luckily, um, the the groups that I, I work with have been uh, have been talking to the progressive conservatives here in Ontario for the last um, eight years about cannabis and cannabis policy because they were in opposition. So we were talking to them and you know just uh, getting them to understand the industry as it stands from underneath and also now the legal industry that's come in. So let's hope that all these conversations that we've had with them will come back to, you know, to favor us. We have a little over a minute uh, before the first break. About public consumption, you've been quoted as saying, by eliminating lounges, you're pushing people into more dangerous situations. You need us to stay open. What, What did you mean by that? 
Well, first off, our, we are the first point of education for a lot of people. So when they come in, a lot of people have either not consumed in a very long time or they're new. And we teach them about safer consumption methods. We, uh, we teach them about vaping. We teach them about how much they should consume. We offer first aid in case something happens. People overconsume, They green out. We got you up and running in 30 seconds or less. All my staff is uh, is trained but then if you don't have anywhere to consume and you have to um either not you know if you can't consume at home your second place of uh of private space is your car so really what the government is doing is pushing a lot of people either they're saying you can only consume at home so if you have children or if you if you don't if you're not allowed to actually consume in your home because you'll lose your your housing, um, you're going to go to your car. And is that really what we want? And if you're not in your car, you're going to be in an alleyway or on the street. And is that better for everybody? Or is having safe spaces, teaching people how to safely consume, not better? My guest is Abby Roach. There are still flaws in the laws, and we're still going to take a pause for the cause and hear a word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come back with our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting can of business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th through the 26th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio podcast leader for all things cannabis cannabisradio.com be one of the first to register today at usccexpo.com that's usccexpo.com introducing blue moon cbd straight from the bluegrass of kentucky with our special nano emulsion process you'll not only get the best cbd available you'll get more of it not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way.
We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Cannabis Radio with Abby Roach from the Toronto Hot Box Cafe. Abby, I, I assume there's probably some issues that have come up in your business journey that might be unique to a cannabis consumption-related business. What kind mm-hmm. of unique, unique issues uh, somebody, say, are interested in opening up a consumption business? You know there's going to be a lot of them in the future. What are they going to mm-hmm. have to think about that maybe somebody else wouldn't have to deal with? Number one is people's safety. You're responsible for the people who come into your establishment. So the same as when you own a bar or a restaurant, you're in charge of their safety. And having the knowledge of how to uh, how to deal with somebody who is overconsumed or somebody who's new and is freaking out, you know what I mean, and having a paranoia attack. There's all these little things that, that are so important to find out. You know, um, we did a show the other uh, a trade show the other week, and uh, someone had fainted. They overconsumed and overheated, and they fainted. And my staff had them up and running in like 30 seconds and somebody came up to me after and said oh my god like thank you for having a nurse at your at your booth and I was like oh that wasn't a nurse that was just my staff right like that's just what they're trained to do so I think the number one thing except for money and business and all that fun stuff is is learning how to control consumption and how to how to watch people and be able to make sure that your consumers are safe. And then the number two is really figuring out how to make money, um, you know, in a place like Denver, for example, where they've really taken the, the Canadian vapor lounge model and implemented it. There's a reason that there's, um, that there's only one lounge in all of Denver right now is because you can't really make a lot of money from, uh, from uh, just letting people consume yeah, so those I think are the two uh, are are my two top things, and then the other one is obviously governmental, right? So there's all kinds of issues that will arise, and really, you know, it's not being a lounge owner isn't as easy as opening a coffee shop. There's a lot of political work that you have to do behind the scenes to keep going. We've been at the at the nearness of being shut down many many of times, and we just went in and lobbied our way through it. And, how's the community? Uh, how has the community responded to your business? Oh, they love it. Yeah, yeah, they love it. At first, they didn't know what to think of it. They were like, "Oh, this is weird," <laughs> you know. But I'm blessed <laughs> to be in a really, uh, in a really artsy community. It's called Kensington Market, and they're very accepting. And I've lived here for the last since 1997, so I'm not going to age myself. But since I was old enough to move out of my parents' house, I've lived in this community, and. Uh, that helps a lot, being a part of the community. I'm on the Business Improvement Association, so I'm an elected uh, official of the City of Toronto for my community. So a lot of the time when cannabis issues come up, uh, they, I'm the, the go-to person that deals with that, right? And that's you operate, kind of you nice operate a, safe in, a safe injection site for cannabis users. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> which is so funny because my city councillor is the chair of the drug force um, of the drug policy committee, right? So the whole um, safe injection sites, that was him. And I keep telling him, I'm like, Joe, so you've created a place for people to shoot up. Where's my license? You know, I've been here for 18 years. <laughs> so we always have a good laugh about it. But he's great and he's super supportive. Um, he actually got a motion passed uh, through the city of Toronto on my behalf that um, they, <clears throat> sorry, that 
the the issue of consumption lounges wouldn't go through the province. It would go through the Board of Health of Toronto. So now we're dealing with them as opposed to dealing with the province. It's much easier to uh, talk to a municipality than it is to talk to a state or a province. It's a much smaller government. Abby, here in Washington State, we had a flourishing medical cannabis dispensary system operating a community-based system Mm -hmm. statewide that was literally shut down and replaced when our state voted to reform our pot laws. Uh, Mm -hmm. In Toronto, some people were hopeful that community-based cannabis supply entities would also be allowed to fold into access networks under, quote, legalization. But something quite different is happening under Toronto's new model. It'll be the state selling cannabis, I believe. Are they are they uh, all say cultivating it? Is that right? No. So what is happening is that in Canada, a legal producer is called a licensed producer. So currently, the medical system is run by these legal companies. A lot of them are huge corporations. Some of them have uh, valuations on the stock exchange of like billions of dollars. You know, I I, I think Canopy is the biggest. I, I think they have a market cap of around $40 billion, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, they're huge, huge companies. They're in the U.S. as well. Um, so they are the ones growing and distributing for medical purposes. So what is going to be happening is that all, not all provinces, the liquor boards will control all distribution of cannabis. The retailing will probably... Um, happen. There's private retail in, I think, three or four different provinces, and the rest are all government-run retail stores. So, like I said, where you can only buy alcohol from government stores right now in Ontario, cannabis is going to be the same thing. So, they're going to be stores run by the Liquor Control Board, and the cannabis itself will be grown by licensed producers, so that right now there's a, a lot of crazy stuff happening with like big business in Canada. There's, there's no room for the little guy, you know? <laughs> the new regulations would allow those 18 and older to buy weed from regulated stores as well as grow small amounts at home. How do you feel about mm-hmm. that age? And is there an age requirement at the Hotbox Cafe? Yeah, we actually raised our age. We used to be 18 plus, and we actually raised our age um, about two years ago when uh, legalization sort of um, came up as a topic and it looked like it was going to happen. We, I like to preempt the law, so we just raised our our age um, to the same as alcohol. So in most, and what is that? What is that in Toronto? Is that twenty one? Nineteen. 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 Yeah. So most provinces have matched their drinking age to their cannabis. So anywhere where it's nineteen to drink, it's nineteen to consume. And same with uh, if in Quebec, for example, it's eighteen, so it's eighteen, right? Um, so for us, it's not a problem. But we've always uh, we've always been an adults only place. And I always said, if you know, if mom and dad want to bring their teenage kid in that's fine. We don't have an issue with that. And we let them in. We don't, we stop letting families in with little kids because people were like, Oh my God, there was a baby at the hot box. And it, and sure. it, social media is a thing now. <laughs> and no, it's that, like, that, that people, totally makes people, sense. people have opinions. Exactly. And we got in, somebody had a baby in here and people were like, Oh my God, there's a baby at the hot box. And it turned into this like huge thing on Reddit. And I'm like, okay, We'll cut this, right? It just looks bad. So we um, we allow 16 and older with your parents, essentially, is allowed in here. But you have to have your parents with you. Um, we'll see what happens when legalization come in, comes in. But we always try and provide best practice. Um, when it comes to the homegrown, um, they're going to be allowing 
four plants per household. So what we did is we opened up um, a Hotbox Homegrown Hydroponics, and it's a boutique grow store for literally people who live in condominiums, people who live in a tiny little room, anyone that has two by two feet for a little tent and a light in their house can now grow four plants. So that's what we specialize in. We run a we run a, a course that happens once a week um, called the uh, Ganja School, and we teach people how to use the equipment, how to feed their plants, and how to properly grow cannabis. So when legalization comes next year, they're able to grow their own cannabis at home and not have to rely on the government stores. Abby, we've got about 30 seconds to the next break, but very quickly, how important is it that while we're in this nascent developing stage, the cannabis industry builds social, racial, and gender equity into its practicing values? You mentioned best practices, and by that, Mm -hmm. I mean prioritizing the inclusion of opportunities, including ownership and management for women, people of color, the LGBTQ community, veterans, (laughs) et cetera. Yes. How important is that quickly? It is so important. Um, you're, you know, I am a disabled Jewish uh, woman with dreadlocks <laughs> myself, right? And I and I operate this business. I have about 60% of my staff is women. We have people from all different backgrounds, all different sexualities, all different colors and creeds. Um, as long as you're passionate about cannabis and you're, you're a good person who has excellent, you know, work ethic, will hire you. And I think the bigger corporations coming in, a lot of them are coming in from Bay Street. It's a whole different culture. They have never even had to talk to a person like myself, right? It's like they're out of the norm, right? So I think they need to understand that cannabis doesn't have a, a a stereotype. You know what I mean? We cannabis consumers come from all colors of the rainbow and all different backgrounds and classes. And in order to cater to that customer base, they have to employ people from that customer base. I'm talking to Abby Roach from the Hotbox Cafe in Toronto, Canada. And we're going to take our second break and come back with our final questions. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you like yourself a joint. Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping for essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. 
Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Hemp Present with Abby Roach for our final questions. Uh, Abby, what are your plans for the future? I heard that you might be helping to design a cannabis-themed room at a hotel uh, to be built in downtown Toronto. Uh, is that true? And how can people find out more and follow your work? Yeah, we're, we have all kinds of crazy stuff in the plans right now. Expansion, definitely up on our uh, list of things that we want to do. We're currently looking for a licensed producer in Canada to partner up with in order to create cannabis products that can be sold at any legal storefront across Canada. And uh, we're doing our raise, and we're looking into expanding um, into the U.S. as well as Canada. So we've been looking at Boston as a market. We've been looking at, obviously, in California as a market. Uh, Michigan is opening up. There's all kinds of great spots where we would love to be. I was in Portland uh, early January this year for a conference, and I love Portland. So we would love a hot box there. Um, and, yeah, we're growing. And then the hospitality, um, we have a, already a bed and breakfast in Jamaica called the Hot Box Jamaica that you can find online. And it's uh, you get your bed and your breakfast are free with your stay, and we have a private beach. It's awesome. So we have a lot of experience with the hospitality part of it as well. And we're going to be looking uh, to assist hotels in uh, opening up more cannabis-friendly rooms. Where's the hot box, Jamaica? It's in Runaway Bay on the north coast of Jamaica. Yeah, it's beautiful. So we've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff over the last 18 years, and now we're going legal. And that's really exciting. I'm super excited to uh, have our own like branded cannabis products coming out and all kinds of crazy stuff. So if you want to find us at Hotbox Cafe on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, hotboxshop.ca, hotboxcafe.ca, hotboxbrands.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're super easy to find for sure. Well, Abby, I love what you're doing and what you're about. Uh, I could talk to you for an hour, but unfortunately, I don't have that much time. I'm going to have to make it up to Toronto and uh, have to uh, get the hot boxing going on, girl. Yeah, or maybe we'll be in Seattle before you even know it, and you can just come and hang out with us there. That sounds like a deal. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was lovely. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature of Hemp on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it goes. It is not legalization. It's monopolization. If they're just making it legal for them to sell it and making it extra illegal for everyone else to sell it, it's policies being made by people who haven't smoked 
weed. That is Ian Campo, an indigenous Canadian musician formerly with the group A Tribe Called Red, speaking to Vice Magazine. That includes this installment of Hempersent on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more Reefer Repartee and Cannabis Confabulation with some special Hempo Sapien on our journey to justice. As we silence the violence, increase the peace, promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. And don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song today, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro, because I am so out. Freedom Fighter! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.